0: And welcome to a live special edition of the Carolina Weather Group, or as Jared Smith called it before the show, the Carolina Weather, what did you call it, Brady Bunch? We got nine people here on the screen. And we are looking forward to taking lots of questions and comments and talking about what a busy week it has been here in the Carolinas. We are lining up for winter storm number two. Of course, you will remember we started our week off with snow, freezing rain, sleet, ice across a lot of the Carolinas. And we are gearing up for another lick of winter storm on your screen right now. If you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, we have winter storm watches up for Greensboro, Raleigh, Columbia, Myrtle Beach, Charleston, Wilmington, along the North Carolina coast. Interestingly enough, not quite in Charlotte. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a, a moment. So unlike last time where the western North Carolina mountains got a lot of snow, this time it really seems to be setting up more for central portions of North Carolina or even that northeast quadrant. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to it. Guys, I'm gonna do the thing that the probably the consultants tell you never to do. I'm gonna put the good thing really first. And let's look here at what the National Weather Service forecast, starting first with North Carolina. And then we'll get thoughts on this, uh, showing in the next 72 hours. So culmination of whatever snow may or may not fall on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We'll talk about timing. Raleigh, four inches. Rocky Mount, five inches. Elizabeth City, eight inches. Um, Fayetteville, three inches. Rockingham two inches, Charlotte, according to the National Weather Service, down to less than an inch. We'll talk about why that particular spot is so tricky. And here's what the National Weather Service in South Carolina is thinking, with about an inch across portions of the Sandhills, maybe into Rock Hill, and then lesser amounts elsewhere. But of course, our big takeaway is going to be ice which I am now realizing I may not have a graphic for ready and available. So we'll come back to that in just a second uh, because the ice threat is going to be one that is really, really pertinent for a lot of the region as well. So we'll get you that ice graphic in just a second, and of course, ask questions and comments as we continue tonight's broadcast. Uh, joining us on our uh, our panel of experts tonight from WCNC in Charlotte, we have Brad Panovich, chief meteorologist, and meteorologist Brittany Van Bohorjes. Chief meteorologist Jamie Arnold is on from WNBF in Myrtle Beach, where they could get some winter weather. Or maybe a little bit further inland, we'll get his thoughts in a moment. And Tim Buckley, Chief Meteorologist at WFNY in Greensboro is here. And on the Carolina Weather Group panel, Jared Smith, Charleston, Scotty Powell in Morganton, Frank Strait in Columbia, and Shay Gibson, from Charleston. Also, guys, I want to say we have so many new people who have been checking out the Carolina Weather Group in the last few days. This is Wednesday night. This is what we kind of normally do on Wednesday night is we bring people on and we interview and we talk and we have discussions as opposed to these other nights where we've been in live storm coverage or we've been doing our Let's Talk kind of conversational series. Tonight, we wanted to up the ante by bringing all of these folks in. So let me start with Frank straight, and then I'm going to go to some of our TV Mets because, Frank, I know right now, In both North Carolina and South Carolina, we have states of emergency. And so talk to me a little bit, I guess, about your thoughts about what the threat is for South Carolina. I saw him down in that thumbnail and I thought he's either staying really, really still or he's frozen and I think he's frozen. So Jamie, I'm going to punt that question over to you, South Carolina. Even coastal, could yeah
1: could get in on this this time. Yeah, what, I've got, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I've got freezing rain in the forecast here, all the way right down into Myrtle Beach, down into Charleston. Um, we've all seen the trends today. You know, we kind of got up this morning and we were thinking uh, this could be a pretty nasty ice storm. Um, not ready to totally pull back on that yet, but um, uh, you know, yeah, freezing rain down here at the beach, and of course, it's a totally different ball game compared to. Uh, You Western pros back there, you know, we've got like a tow truck and a, you know, pickup truck with a guy and a shovel and some sand off the beach. And that's pretty much our uh, our road preps around here. So um, one thing that does have me concerned, um, even if we do cut way back on QPF, is that, you know, Friday night we could be 25, 26 degrees uh, with some freezing drizzle and freezing rain. And that's that's getting into rare territory down here uh for any kind of ice threat so even that could cause some some big issues with our all our bridges and you know high bridges around here and not a lot of not a lot of road prep so fingers yeah, crossed open for sleep
0: Sleet would be the better of the scenario right and that's the thing that we've been talking about what feels like groundhogs day around here is as impactful as snow can be ice is worse and here's a look at the national weather service take for south carolina coating of ice, maybe, maybe flirting with Jared Smith in Charleston, as you mentioned, Jamie, along your section of the coast, further inland, and we'll show the North Carolina equivalent of this map too, right? Because once you start getting in to that quarter inch of ice thread in say Florence or uh, Dylan or Brad, I always say this one wrong. Ch- Chirah <laughs> That was that was a swing and a miss, wasn't it? Shira? Shira?
2: Yes. <laughs> i actually covered a hurricane down there they Did weren't you? too happy us for us o- outsiders to yeah. be down there. <laughs> yeah
0: james don't feel so bad it's the difference between beaufort and beaufort South oh, carolina. Gosh. beaufort, beaufort is at least north carolina. at least same spelling yep at least i don't say cherryville i say cherville 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 <laughs> uh so let's let's pop up the north carolina map uh, so folks who wanted to see what's happening what we think is going to happen on that side. And uh, we'll we'll also show at least one or two of the model runs here in a moment, too, because I know people want to see kind of the visual timing. But, you know, a third of an engine ice in places like Elizabethtown, Jacksonville, New Bern. I mean, I think Jamie hit the nail on the head. It, these are not places that normally see winter weather. And we got a, a good reminder here in the last few days in the Charlotte area as a, a northern migrant to the south, you know, sitting in my corner going, why are schools closed? uh if if we're the experts to your west jamie then i uh i do i guess have concerns about what that infrastructure would be like elsewhere along the coast uh we have frank straight back so frank while you are restoring your internet we talked a little bit about what south carolina could be in for and i was teeing up with the fact that we do have a governor issued states of emergency in both north carolina and south carolina so from where you sit in columbia frank what are your thoughts on what the next 72 hours could bring to south carolina
3: well, that's the $64,000 question is question—is—is figuring that out, and uh, it's kind of been my life the last few days trying to figure it out as the models uh, shift back and forth and uh, try to get a handle on the uh, complicated weather pattern that we're dealing with right now. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Governor McMaster has issued a state of emergency, which doesn't mean uh, it is time to panic. It just uh, means that uh, certain uh, state government agencies uh, can can do things that they wouldn't do otherwise, like uh, the National Guard can, can step in to help out where it's necessary, uh, that uh, the state agencies can provide goods and services and uh, establish emergency shelters and, and, and things like that. It's just a, a state of readiness, uh, I think, as much as it is a, a state of emergency. Uh, but uh, that being said, uh, and actually what the weather impacts are going to be, uh, as, as uh Has been said already here, it looks as though ice is going to be the primary impact here in South Carolina. There is going to be a little bit of snow in parts of the upstate, maybe uh, sneaking into the northern Midlands and parts of the PD2, especially later in the day tomorrow as that colder air that's pushing in uh, gets deeper and uh, potentially results in uh, the entire atmosphere above uh, your location uh, becoming uh, all below freezing or or close to it so that snowflakes don't melt on the way down in a warm layer and instead they end up uh, reaching the ground. But uh, it doesn't look as though there's going to be a a lot of snow. Uh, As you saw on the snow map earlier, it looks like that's going to peak at about an inch uh, across the uh, Catawba River area, but that I mean York, Chester, and Lancaster counties primarily. Uh, but uh, farther south and east, uh, the ice storm potential is uh, the greatest concern. And uh, as uh, has been mentioned earlier as well, uh, we're going to be uh, hoping and praying for sleet in this area rather than uh, a bunch of freezing rain because that's what, of course, causes uh, the buildup on trees and power lines and causes damage. So uh, it looks as though the main area of concern for that is going to be uh, close to I-95, uh, where we'll see the longest dip period of uh, freezing rain uh, accumulations or accretions rather of ice can reach uh, a quarter inch or so. Uh, once you get to that quarter inch uh, mark is where you start to uh, see more in the way of trees and uh, power lines coming down and causing power outages. And uh, the potential is also there for uh, icy patches on the roads. Uh, I think the uh, Actual ground temperatures are going to be warm enough that uh, uh, the the actual road surfaces themselves uh, may not be all that bad, but you will have to be careful, especially in shady areas. But uh, those elevated road surfaces, uh, once temperatures fall fall below freezing, can get icy pretty quickly. And freezing rain is difficult to deal with for road crews. Uh, You put the brine down first, but freezing rain falls, washes it away. You put down rock salt, maybe that works a little bit better because it takes a while for that to dissolve, but it eventually gets washed away too. So uh, the, the freezing rain is tough to deal with. And, and again, the, the ice accumulation on the trees and power lines, that becomes substan- substantial. People's power starts going out. You start having uh, things fall. Limbs and, and branches can fall on people, uh, You know bits of, of other debris. Maybe your storm gutters get uh, are, are a little weak and get brought down by ice accumulation. If you happen to be outside under them, then you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and can get hurt that way. So uh, these are yeah. a lot of different things that we're concerned about here for... Uh, the storm coming up and again the worst of it looks to be the pd uh, over toward the midlands uh, we might see a, a couple of tenths of an inch of accumulation or accretion rather uh, here in the columbia area down toward the coast the uh, the amount of accretion becomes less because uh, we'll see less time with temperatures below freezing Uh, at the surface, and uh, maybe the immediate coastal areas escape uh, any significant icing entirely except uh, along the uh, Grand Strand. But uh, still, uh, we are going to be concerned, even in the low country for those inland areas, for some icy patches as temperatures fall below freezing uh, during the day tomorrow and uh, stay below freezing tomorrow night before the rain tapers off.
0: Yeah, let me show at least one of the model runs here, and I'm sure everyone here will say the same thing that I'm about to say, which is that this is not a forecast. This is a one particular computer model possibility of what could happen. But I want to at least try to paint a picture on what Frank was describing, which is that a lot of us, as we go through Thursday, will have some encounter with liquid rain, maybe more snow or in flurries in Western North Carolina, your boons and your blowing rock. But as this cold front comes through and introduces first rain and then the cold air works back in behind it, uh, that's when we could be experiencing some of that winter precipitation. But to Frank's point, it's hard to prime the roads with what you need to put down if the rain's gonna come in first and potentially wash it away. But I will say here in the Charlotte area, I did notice fresh salt brine on the roads this evening um i have a bunch of questions i'm sure the panelists do as well uh brad let me bring you into this conversation because i know you had a forecast out this morning your first preliminary take on snowfall for the charlotte area and then the complexities of this storm Mm -hmm. which involve a cold front and a coastal low must have done something to make some adjustments by the time we went from the 10 a.m. video blog to the 5 p.m. news?
2: Yeah, I mean, just really uh, after some of the morning ensembles came in and even the afternoon runs, um, it's a pretty clear trend that the the drier air was shifting in and this was shifting east. But I'm kind of like in Jamie here. I'm, I'm glad that he said he wasn't bailing on the ice storm thing because you see a lot of the comments, people saying, well, this, this model's shifting east or whatever. The thing you got to remember about this setup and why it's so complicated, it's a stalled Arctic front and it hasn't stalled yet. And one of the things about forecasting stalled fronts, um, you guys know this, its everything's a math equation. You can't forecast a movement of something if it's not moving. (laughs) So you can't tell me how how long it takes the train to get between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh if you don't have a forward motion. So if we don't know where and when the front stalls, it makes it really incredibly hard to forecast what's going to happen. Because let's say the next model run, the thing stalls. 50 miles west i mean that throws a big monkey wrench in everything and just being in the carolinas long enough these fronts that stall with arctic air and overrunning they always surprise you they will end up catching you off guard um and i think that the cold air is what is probably my biggest concern because unlike the last event where you know it was kind of we had the warm nose we had a strong low that was tracking inland We're going to have really cold Arctic high pressure to the north. I mean, there's a chance we won't get above 31 or 32. We probably won't break freezing on Friday. So whatever falls is going to be problematic. Um, And then the fact that it just it's a weird event where normally north and west of 85, everyone's like happy and south and east, they're, they're mad. This is a time you want to be south and east. We could have more snow in Rockingham than we could in Boone. So it's just, it's just a really weird event. And then that transition area is over my biggest population density. So um, that's always makes for fun because you know, half the viewers are mad and half are, are really excited. But I do think, I mean, just looking at the overall trends, it doesn't look like a huge event. It's not Sunday's event for us. It's definitely a lighter event, um, but it's still problematic. I think the ice concerns in eastern North Carolina are valid because shallow Arctic air and that proximity of a low is a big problem.
0: What about for you, Tim Buckley and Greensboro? Should your viewers, Winston-Salem, High Point, Greensboro, and the Triad, expect more or less compared to what they saw earlier in the week?
4: Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. I definitely think it's going to be less than what we had. You know, we had some pretty uh, hefty amounts uh, earlier this week. We had a solid three to four inches of snow, and then we tapped that with about two inches of sleet, uh, which shrunk it all down. It's still, you know, Ice rinks out here. Um, it just doesn't even want to melt, even in today's 50 degrees. So, this doesn't have as much juice. There's not as much moisture to work with for our area. Um, I'm sort of eyeing that front tomorrow afternoon. For us, you know, we're pretty far north, we're pretty far west. That may end up being our main event with this system. The way it's trending um, by Friday, that front is pretty far to the east. It is actually kind of far to the south. uh, So that pushback of precip might not get this far west. So for me, I'm really watching that transition line uh, between about 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. where we go from all rain and 40s to uh into the 20s pretty quickly. Uh, I'm expecting us to stay in the 20s here all day on Friday, so it's going to be very cold. Um, either you're going to have black ice concerns in the morning, or you get a quick little dusting coating to one inch of snow that'll freeze on the roads as well. So I think we'll have some sort of a, a problem uh, to deal with, and we just kind of emphasizing the uh, kind of keep on emphasizing the word possible. Um, This is a possibility no one ever blinks an eye when you mention possible rain showers, but all of a sudden with snow, you have to know every detail. Otherwise, you're a fraud. So we are watching this very carefully. And we do know that there's a possibility of snow showers number one tomorrow night after about seven o'clock to about midnight or so. And then yet again, on Friday afternoon, especially if you're east of Greensboro, a little closer uh, to Raleigh, where it might be a little bit closer to that system, uh, depending on how the models keep trending.
0: Uh, I'm gonna come back to you in a minute, Tim, cause I wanna talk about half jokingly, the difference between trying to communicate a forecast here and in our home state of New York, because I feel like the margins of error in New York are so much bigger, <laughs> so we'll come back to that in a minute. Because
4: people are so nice there.
0: Uh, well, no, but, uh, and I'm gonna go to Brittany in just a moment to also talk about some ways to prepare, uh, yourself and your home. But I want to bring Jamie back in first because Jamie in this communication business, you're in a tricky spot because yeah, it's a coastal low, but you've got ocean effects on your forecast. And then you've also got people as far inland watching you from Florence. How do you communicate that range of
1: possibilities? Uh, not only that, but um, here in Myrtle Beach, we still have not only for the, all the meteorologists down here, but all the viewers, we have the horrendous bust of 2018 that just looms over us where it literally snowed everywhere along the coast, basically, except here in Horry County. Um, and we're still honestly recovering from that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like the other guys were saying, it's, it's the possibilities. And I think Tim's, you know, analogy to it's not a big deal when you say a chance of showers, storms but it is a big deal when you say a chance of freezing rain and sleet and snow and obviously down here the rarity of it uh puts in a whole nother element because it just tends to elevate sort of the excitement of it the urgency of it so it's you're walking that fine line um and that's and that's kind of the messaging going forward and i know for me and i try to do this with every big event we have here is focus much more on impacts as opposed to Trying to nail down, you know, percentages and quarter of an inch and tenth of an inch here and there, you know, impacts or impacts, you know, a quarter of an inch of ice or, you know, a glaze of ice from freezing drizzle is still going to cause the same amount of problems um, on, on our all our big bridges. So trying to sort of take that aspect, focus much more on that, on the potential impacts that we could see, um, and a little bit less on the specifics. And I'm almost a little bit relieved that we're not talking snow down here. Um, because it even ups the game even more. So I think people will actually be a little bit relieved if they wake up Saturday morning and don't have trees down in their backyard, uh, as opposed to waking up Saturday morning and not having three inches of snow in their backyard. So, um, you know, you give and you take, and you, you try to just get the impacts across, and you just you got to, you know, stay solid with that message.
0: I think that's what I was going to ask you as my follow up was kind of about the mood. Uh generalizing of course, but I know like Scotty Powell in the foothills in North Carolina and Morganton. He's he's he wants snow. If it doesn't snow, he's disappointed. When when you have seen snow-
5: right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, down have- here enough of this ice jump, bring me some uh, snow. Uh, you want the real stuff. Um Jamie when when when
0: you first mentioned the S word in a forecast, do people get excited or do they just want it to go someplace else?
1: It's literally, I think here it's a 50-50 split. Um, Everybody who's moved here from Ohio and New York, um, obviously they hate it, they don't want it, they don't want anything to do it. Um, All of us Carolina folks who have been born and raised here in this area and especially here in Myrtle Beach specifically, you know, they're rooting for it. I mean, we've got people rooting for freezing rain just for some sort of winter weather excitement to see, um, you know, so yeah, it's and I think it's honestly a 50-50 split. It's, it's give or take when it comes to to winter weather.
0: Yeah, Jamie, I, I think we could agree with you in Charleston as well. It used to be somewhere up around 80, 90% everybody would get super excited about it. But now we've had, <laughs> you know, Charleston's grown tenfold since then it's now. It's about fifty percent, I believe. I mean, people. I think maybe a little bit more than that get excited about it. But uh, you do see a lot of people going. That's why I, did, I didn't move down here to see snow anymore. So, yeah.
6: I mean, you can't drive around here when it rains, much less when it snows. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's You're, it's such an infrastructure yeah. issue. Just 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 to start, but you know, you, you do have you know you do have your your excitement with that. Uh, the excitement tends to start when the app seven days out flashes the sm- snowflake of doom, and then. We all know that it's just going to be a long week.
3: Well, that's step one, and then step two is when some uh, model tracker on social media posts the uh, 14 inches of snow along I-85.
0: Oh yes, with all the out of of the
3: Euro whatever model.
0: That that never happens, Uh, Jared. Let me ask you because I know Danielle is asking about Charleston vera is asking about charleston and she's in chesterfield county and i pronounced the name of her town wrong i'm sorry even though she was hanging out with us on sunday morning i'm really 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 sorry uh jared Mm -hmm.
6: yeah what is the situation there
0: mr we have a winter storm watch yeah we don't do
6: that very often down here but we do have a winter storm watch and it It depends on where you are. You know, the closer to the water you are, probably the less likely that you're going to see a whole ton of ice. and And again, the model runs have been interesting. I've noticed that the the the, uh, the, the Nam twelve has been drying up. Uh, on the 18Z run, so kind of keeping an eye on that. But uh, yeah, we're going to have you know it's going it, to it's going to get down below freezing. I suspect that you know many places are going to see you know a tenth of an inch of ice again. We were looking at the um, we were looking at the uh, weather service prognostication earlier, and um, I, I think that that is and that seems reasonable. Could it be worse? It could be worse if it slows down a little bit. If the if the rainfall rate is slower, believe it. Kind of it kind of it's counterintuitive, but with freezing rain, if it's more of a drizzle or a light rain, you're gonna be able to get a lot more buildup. So that's something that we're gonna be watching very closely. Uh, You know, as Brad said, you know, with these stalling fronts, I mean, all bets are off with this stuff. And uh, so, you know, that's uh, certainly something that we're keeping an eye on. Uh, If you are in northern Berkeley, northern Dorchester, I would be getting ready for an ice storm, Um, potentially up to a quarter inch of accumulation, especially uh, around... i-26 up up, uh, where i-95 meets it and the santee cooper lakes i'd be getting ready for you know potentially some power outages i mean i'd be getting ready for power outages regardless you know any ice you know you can you can run into some problems um and heck it's going to be cold it's going to be pretty cold we're going to we might even overload the grid that happens down here sometimes Hmm. uh so you know we've seen that with uh, uh prolonged cold temperatures and we're going to be you know 26 on saturday morning we're going to be 28 on sunday morning so you know, this is going to be a prolonged cold too this is not going to be the february 2014 ice storm this is not going to be the january 2015 ice storm. this is not going to be those things certainly um which we are thankful for um but still you know it emit any, any bit of ice causes problems to travel and are we not going
0: to Are we not going to have snowflakes on the the Folly Cam again? Because that's everyone's favorite when it snows.
6: Right. Yeah. As for the Folly Cam, yeah, I don't think uh, you know that that is not going to be snow. I mean, we'll check. I mean, I'm sure we could send a we could send a couple CFC Met majors with pizza again, uh, like we did that time. That was a lot of fun. But, um, but yeah, it it if you're if you're in it for snow, I'm sorry, Um, no. no
0: <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna put no, tim buckley on the spot because reminder folks he's in greensboro but he's going to step up to the plate for us and pinch hit raleigh and eastern north carolina because that's where the bullseye of the snow is potentially going to be tim well
4: it's potentially where it's going to be if there's going to be a storm yes that's right so we're watching for the the friday afternoon friday evening time frame over there and this has trended quite a bit right so earlier today. Um, Weather Service in Raleigh put out winter storm watches uh, for a good chunk of central North Carolina all the way from Greensboro, um, really their whole WFO basically um, for pretty much like a widespread two to five inches. Um, They have said in discussions and everything since then that that's going to kind of be um, adjusted pretty dramatically if the current trends hold, which right now for anyone watching, um, what we're seeing is that that precipitation may stay a little bit more confined toward the coast from Raleigh more east is still more likely than Raleigh off to the west. So uh, it's really an uncertain forecast right now. hopeful to pick up a couple of inches in Raleigh. Uh, I think that is something you can hope for, but it's certainly not something you can take to the bank at this point. Uh, If you want to be sitting pretty, probably farther to the north and to the east toward like Elizabeth City, up closer to Norfolk, Virginia, those kind of areas um, potentially could see several inches of snowfall. But uh, in general, the farther west you are, especially of I-95 or of US-1, your totals are going to be more uncertain and likely trending uh, closer to little to none uh, going into Friday. I'm
0: going to bring Brad back in here because I know he's got some winter forecasting rules, but a couple comments to lead into this first from Justin that he loves Brad's updates on YouTube. Thanks for all those geeky science details. You do want to get that plug in, of course. Uh, And then Andrew's comment two days ago is hoping the models would trend southeast so Raleigh could get more snow instead of sleet. Now it looks like the complete opposite. Funny how the models change. Brad, what is so complicated about this storm that we're within one to three days and we're still having a hard time nailing this down?
2: I think it just has to do, I mean, initially, and there was some guidance a couple of days ago that we're trying to phase two short waves and we had to cut off upper low. It's just a really complex setup. It's not a straightforward um, forecast i think the one thing about winter weather that always makes it difficult in the southeast is we just have more variables you know it's like it's like doing a word problem that has like a, you know a thousand different parts to it instead of just two you know um it, it's just it's a much more difficult forecast in that stance and the other thing is i think that the arctic air is is the one thing that i think makes this a little interesting to me um and jared was right you know these stalled fronts in arctic air they just they they tend to kind of overproduce sometimes and kind of catch you off guard. I actually went back this evening, started looking at the the, uh, winter storm database, trying to find a similar event. And um, when I was nosing through there, I found an event back uh, the day after Christmas in 2004. Um, And there was a swath of snow along I-95 in Eastern North Carolina from four to 10 inches from south to north, and then a half an inch of ice uh, to a quarter inch of ice just east of there. Um, and it was a little bit of a surprise event, um, and it was day after Christmas, so people weren't paying attention as much. But I just think there's, there's a track record of these stalled fronts being kind of difficult. And a lot of people wanna latch on to one single model run. Um, I, I'll tell you what, in situations like this, your ensembles are your friends. Um, the ensembles don't fluctuate as much. I've been keeping a close eye on the ensembles for us. You know, They, they didn't go from zero to nothing to 10 inches they kind of been right around that one to two inch range and then went down to one inch for this morning. So it's, it's been coming back a little bit. Um, but it's not quite as dramatic as the deterministic runs, which are kind of like windshield wipers. <laughs> Sometimes they go back and forth. And the thing you have to be very careful of is the flip back the other way. Cause that's still a distinct possibility who knows what happens with the evening runs. So yeah, that's my boom and bust forecast for Charlotte. <laughs> um, I kind of use a probabilistic approach there. Uh, I put 40% for our trace to one, but it's really important I have zero on there. Uh, the zero is 20% and the one to two, 35. And my boom is four inches. And the reason that's uh, four inches is my boom. And a lot of people say, can we get six, 10 inches? Well, not not with four tenths or five tenths of QPF, <laughs> you're not getting that much snow. You, you only have so much moisture, right? If Even if you use the 10 to one ratio, you're not getting six inches of snow out of four tenths of an inch of liquid. It's just not going to happen. Um, so that that's kind of my rules that I kind of go with. And um, typically within the one to three day range, we would have a lot better information. But, hey, we just don't in this case. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why we want people to pay attention and stay up to date. Tim made a good point. If it was scattered showers and the, and the chance of storms was increasing a couple days from now or decreasing, people would love it. But for whatever reason, winter weather... People want you to make a forecast ten days ahead of time and never stray from it again.
0: <laughs> Scotty, you're on mute. Could you try that again?
5: Yeah. Hey, Brittany. Scotty how are Powell, you?
0: everybody.
7: Hey, Scotty. Do
5: you miss Florida yet, where you didn't have to put up with this nonsense?
7: You know what? I actually feel like this past um, event was a really good learning, you know, tool. First, I get to work under one of the best chiefs ever. Shout out, Brad. Um, with this, <laughs> Brad's blushing Brad, right but now. It's true. Um, but, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. I know a lot of you guys who already know me know that. And then first job was in Myrtle Beach, went back to Florida, and then came here. So haven't had a lot of experience with bunch of weather forecasting. But I agree with Brad about the ensembles. You know, I tried to – actually, when we started getting the trends that we could have a storm, Brad was – in Tahoe and I was filling in for him. So I definitely felt very nervous about kind of like making that early call. And I know that of course we wouldn't make a call, you know, on Monday or Tuesday when the event's Sunday anyway. But I do think the ensembles were our friends. You know, like when the GFS had 20 inches basically over Charlotte and then the Euro had one, like the ensembles always remained really consistent with that. So I think that was good. Um, And I just like the you know, rules that we use kind of as a weather team, you know, that Brad has kind of put in place to gradually kind of get a better idea, you know, as we go on and just being honest with the viewers about the uncertainty. Another thing that I think a lot of times working weekends is a little bit difficult, but also interesting sometimes is right now we're work from home, you know, with COVID cases rising. And so I've been trying to kind of wrap my brain and get a more unique approach, you know, of like the impacts that our viewers could have. And like today, James, I know we talked about this. I did a story just on why is it so important that people clean off, you know, the sleet, the ice and the snow from their cars, you know, before hitting the roads, because you hear so many stories about people getting in accidents, you know, because snow, you know, or big chunks of ice coming off of a tractor trailer and, you know, breaking people's windshields. So kind of just trying to look at those more, you know, significant, but also impacts that maybe people don't talk a lot about, like though, um, triple a spokesperson i talked to was like i don't think i've ever had an interview ask me about you know snow on, you know your car but you know it's important especially with so many transplants at least here in charlotte i can't speak for greensboro you know for charleston or anything but i just feel like there's so many transplants here in charlotte especially since you know COVID began that a lot of people are up north and they think we're crazy if we don't know how to drive but then you might have someone like me you know coming from florida and then i mean I've, I've literally never driven with ice on the roads in my entire life. And I'm almost 30.
0: You're so. not missing
5: anything. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not no, fun. But it,
7: I need to know. Right. Right. Yeah. People do too. So.
5: So about those impacts. So what, what would you suggest folks doing who are preparing for this winter weather event, either it be in the Charlotte area, Raleigh or Myrtle beach or, or Greensboro. I mean, what are some of those key things that we need to know?
7: Um, Well, if you're going to be inside, you know, for any reason, I think that Brad mentioned this too, you know, especially here in Charlotte, we're going to get some of the coldest air that we've seen of the season, you know, so that's a big deal, I think, too. So, you know, going up into winter, we were talking about, you know, ways to prepare your home, you know, just in case of a power outage or just you know, ways to kind of keep the heat in, right? If you don't want your bill to go up crazily, you know, we're not going to get above 31 degrees on Friday. So just like the typical things that you kind of hear about, you know, making sure weather stripping is good to go on your home. Um, Typically, of course, apartments and condos kind of maintain their warmth a little bit more than houses. Um, So, you know, closing and opening the door as little as possible you know, not rushing to the grocery store, but getting anything that you may need, you know, for some reason, especially if you're closer to the East Coast, Myrtle Beach, somewhere that doesn't get a lot of ice and you guys end up do getting ice, Jamie, like having a way to kind of make sure that you're staying in and preventing those impacts. Um, I feel like here, especially with our ice that we got, the fact that it was MLK day, maybe parents weren't happy about it, but I think it definitely helped kind of keep people off the roads a lot, but that just won't necessarily be the case this Friday. Um, And I think too, coming in with that rain and those slick roads, especially Saturday morning, I think any place that gets rain will have that better chance of refreeze. So kind of any avoidance or any way that people can make sure that they're ready if they have to head out or prevent themselves from doing so, you know, still NFL weekend so maybe stay inside and watch football and watch some football going out at all costs find, find something I good
2: work, but no, find me, something that's a good point it, it is weird that it's been two weekends in a row and i do think from a from an impact standpoint being on the weekend makes a big difference as far as travel because um if that was if that sunday event had happened in the middle of the week it would have been a much bigger deal um and then this one happening kind of on a friday night saturday morning might reduce the impacts overall
5: Yeah. And, you know, one situation that uh, if we do see that light snowfall on Friday during the commute hour, that could present issues all in itself with temperatures below freezing, a little bit of snow. We saw the the winter jam of uh, down in Birmingham and Atlanta. Tim, I think you may have even mentioned something on that on Twitter today about, you know, the timing of this. We could see some even though it's a, a little bit of snow, we could see big impacts with that.
4: Well, there's just no room for error right like if you're at if everyone's at school and everyone's at the office already and you have cold roadways there's there's no room for error so for example friday around my area in the piedmont i'm expecting it to be in the 20s all day long the roads will have plenty of time to chill it's been cold for like at least a week around here um anyone who's been around a little while you might have seen that meme right with all the cars on the roadway and one of them is on fire and they usually photoshop some sort of marshmallow man or star wars or something into it that was from the 2014 big snowstorm, which came in with a quick inch or two right around the evening commute, and everybody got stuck on the roadways. So it doesn't take a lot of snow to create those big problems, it just takes a little bit. Um, So our school system here, uh, Guilford County, they actually already mentioned and decided with a winter storm watch in place, uh, we're just gonna have remote school on Friday. Like, So today's Wednesday, they've already announced that for Friday, um, they also decided it for tomorrow because we still have ice on some of the country roads at the moment. So pretty good call in my opinion. I think if you know you want to err on the side of caution, uh, keep the kids home. They can go to school on the computer. That's a nice thing we can do in 2022. Um, and it might just avoid some of those problems. If you start seeing heavy snow around 3 p.m., uh, that can be a recipe for problems.
5: Definitely so. And Jamie, I want to bring it to you because my goodness, man, you guys are I mean, we're not really used to a lot of winter weather here in the Carolinas, but you guys definitely are not used to it. So I mean, what's the word for preparation for you all? I know you and Andrew's been really hitting those uh, those facts hard trying to keep everyone in the in the grand strand ready for possibly icy Friday.
1: Yeah, I think basically what our message is going to be is get where you need to be by literally Friday morning. Um, and, and just stay there is probably gonna be your best bet, um, especially considering the freezing rain. Um, it made turn a little bit more sleety, uh, which would, you know, as we were saying, would be good as far as power outages go, but uh, sleet is like a glacier on the streets. It didn't go anywhere, especially when it gets uh, packed down as all of you Western Carolina folks know. Um, so that's gonna be kind of our messaging is, you know, mid-morning through midday friday you're going to need to be where you need to be and and probably just kind of hang out there and like tim um, our schools here are already closed for friday which kind of blew my mind as the messages were coming in today i was like wow they're really you know going going early on this which you know i think is fine i mean they're going virtual but uh you know so they're they're people take it seriously here but um you also kind of have to nuance the messaging a little bit more for people who you know, aren't so familiar with, you know, dealing with winter weather and dealing with the potential impact. So it's, you're always, you know, riding that fine line.
5: And I know you were halfway joking earlier when you said we only got a tow truck and some, but you, I mean, Myrtle beach area, not, I mean, they don't have the, the snow plows and the sand and the salt and all, all that like uh
1: yeah, and I'm I'm honestly I'm not yeah. joking. The 2014, uh, we had the back-to-back winter storms here. Uh, in 2014, we had the sleet storm uh, that was in January, and then two weeks later, we had the, the crippling, crazy ice storm with inch, inch and a half of freezing rain just inland from here. Um, and that first one uh, that we had, I know we had sleet pack on the roads here. Uh, even in Myrtle Beach proper, for about four days, and and literally on on day three and four, there were city workers in pickup trucks going down to the beach, filling up the back of the trucks with sand, and and literally throwing sand out of the back um, of on Highway 17 so people could at least get somewhere. So hey, we you know we do what we got to do around here.
0: Uh, I'm going to bring uh, Charlotte back in here for a moment because we obviously have a bunch of questions about whether or not we're going to see snow in Charlotte. And I know that's the million dollar question. But without trying to second guess the National Weather Service, I did find it interesting You know, I sit in Matthews, North Carolina, which is a stone's throw from Union County. So in terms of impacts, I'm looking at these winter storm watches that are up going, Okay, I don't have one here in Mecklenburg, but I'm so darn close to one. I might as well prepare because it doesn't hurt to be prepared. I don't want to put ourselves in the shoes of the National Weather Service or pretend like we're casting any doubt on them, but. Brad, do you think we'll get an advisory? Do you think we'll get it on the watch? Do you think I, they're I th- trying to keep it out of the metro for as long as they can?
2: I think there was a you know a, a low probability even in those counties. <laughs> so um, because you yeah, gotta remember, it's kind of a bureaucratic. They're kind of in a, t- a catch twenty-two. You know, like Union County, North Carolina. It's a pretty big county. If there's a warning criteria in the northeast corner, They can't just put a winter storm watch for the northeast corner they got to put it for the whole dang county and so that makes it difficult and then that butts up against charlotte i really think overall in our area it's probably borderline winter weather advisory there's specific criteria for folks that don't know Um, for our area it's about three inches of snow in 12 hours and um so that's some of those areas is borderline that that would happen it's more like in the one to two at the worst Um, So to me, it's a winter weather advisory and it's also a certainty thing. They got to have a certain level of confidence to issue this. There's just lower confidence the further west you go. So you just wait to pull the trigger on, you know, some of those type of setups. So I do agree, though, I think you focus on the impacts. Um, A half an inch of snow at rush hour on Friday is not going to be great. Black ice on Friday morning is not going to be great. It almost doesn't matter the amounts. People love to see winter wonderlands, but it's really about the impacts on the roads. And I think. In the end, of the, At the end of this, it's going to be about slick commutes in the morning and the evening. And I've been pretty much telling everybody, I think during the daylight hours, it's probably going to be okay um, for the most part. But I wouldn't want to be around sunrise or sunset driving too many places on Friday. Just because I think with the rain coming in tomorrow, um, we're going to have a, probably a little bit of a, a refreeze on Friday morning. And then whatever falls Friday, even if it's flurries, might cause some slick spots. But it's certainly not for the Western Carolinas, the storm we had on Sunday. That was a, that was a that was a an all timer for some areas and really the best storm we've had in about three years and um, the amount of sleet we had in Charlotte was pretty prolific um, and so I don't think we'll see anything remotely that impactful this go around just going to be a whole heck of a lot colder
0: I don't know if we've talked about this too much because I think we all kind of came in with the notion that amongst us tonight we're we're No, we're watching for this. So let me ask you, Brad, on this tweet you Mm -hmm. sent out earlier about the positioning of where the front stops and where the low. Could you explain this to our viewers again tonight? And and let me couple on this question to it. When will we know (laughs) where this front and low is going to set up?
2: So you know i think all, all the meteorologists in this room know that you know sometimes these things are a little more difficult and th- sometimes it becomes a now casting type of situation um and you look at the short range guidance more often so one of like two concerns i have all even all the guidance the 18z guidance was like trending east and drier i i, I look at what's happening right now to our west and one thing that struck me is how how much more precipitation there is with the front right now to the west of us than the guidance has um i don't i don't know if you looked at a current radar i mean i'm looking at it right now and there's a lot of moisture to the west and there's like a three four inch snowfall in northern arkansas with the front not even with the the low that's going to form in texas so that that always gives me pause and then what if the front gets in here and doesn't make it to the coast what if it stalls on i-95 Um, Or what if it keeps going past the coast? I mean, until it stops, um, I I have huge questions about where that's going to happen. And then this low pressure that develops down in Texas and kind of tracks along the front, that's the big, you know, one of the things you look for is how amplified it is. How how does it twist back to the northwest and bring moisture in? Is it a flatter wave or is it a more amplified wave? Um, So those are really small, nuanced things, which may seem like a lot of uh, weather geek talk, but in the grand scheme of things, a, a 30 or 50 mile shift in one of those could be the difference between a trace to like three or four inches of snow. So I think it's, a, it's an important thing to watch. And yeah, I hate to say this, but it might be one of those things where we literally watch where the front is tomorrow. If it's slowing down or speeding up as it's moving through, that might give us pause for what's going to happen on Friday.
7: Brad, sorry well, about that. Roger heard you say the front could stall and we could get more freezing rain. He yeah. immediately started freaking out again. So. Yeah.
3: No, I, I think she was barking at the cat. <laughs> <laughs>
7: no, it was it was he was like freezing, rain again. No,
0: no. Uh, well, Brad, we better to do geeky weather talk than than here, actually. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, uh, I mean, it's I, I I love the fact that people get so excited for winter weather. I you know I know uh, some of our, our transplants. I feel like I was telling the school talk I did today, and I was saying how you know I've been in Char- I've lived in Charlotte longer than I did in my hometown, so I feel like I'm more uh, a local, but. The thing that I love about this area, um, I grew up loving winter weather. My first passion for meteorology was uh, a blizzard in the late 70s, early 80s when I was a little, little kid. And we had to dig out our front door to go outside. And I still love snow. But the thing that's crazy about this area is we get so little snow, but I've never lived anywhere where people go more crazy over it. (laughs) I mean, i I lived in Traverse City, Michigan. We averaged like 300 inches of snow per year and they love snow, but they never freaked out about winter weather like they do here. So it's kind of a cool, but also sometimes nerve wracking thing because um, people hang on every word, they want updates every hour, um, which is cool, but it's also, you know, it's a process, you know, I think we've gotten so good at our jobs um, that people forget that we are talking about a storm three or five days out and we actually get snow but it's not the exact amount and they forget the fact that we actually got snow talking about it three or five days ahead of time which is a pretty amazing fact so we're so good now we don't we don't argue about the fact that we missed the whole storm we argue about missing a tenth of an inch of liquid equivalent for snow or sleet which is probably a good testament to how good the forecasts are getting now that we don't we you know we don't miss a storm we miss the small amounts in people's backyards <laughs> um what I want
0: to do here in a moment is do one last question for everybody plug where your coverage is going to be. Scotty, I know you got something kind of hot off the press. You wanted to jump in with here real fast.
5: Yeah, I just was reading some of the NWS weather chat stuff, and the Raleigh office mentioning now uh, with the latest guidance expects some big changes in the winter storm product. So Tim probably saw that as well. I see him with his <laughs> with his little smirk on his face. So uh, you know, expect to see some some changes possibly with the latest data, at least for the Raleigh area. That's what they're kind of hinting at. So
0: all right, well, I'm going to go back here to Tim in a second because Brad hit on something about it's not. Did we get the type wrong? Did we get the date wrong? But we got a tenth of an inch wrong. And I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I grew up on Long Island. And and Tim, you were upstate, if I remember correctly. And I feel my memory of growing up is trace to three inches, three to six, six to 12, and 12 plus after that. What surprised me when I came south is the Amount of pressure that gets put on meteorologists because snow accumulations are lower here, but also so rare. We get into this is it going to be one inch? Is it going to be two inch? Is it going to be three inch? Is that your experience? Do you ever just sit there sometimes and go, this is this margin of error is just ridiculous?
4: It is very difficult. Yes, of course. But you know, it's a frequency thing, right? So like Brad was saying, if you only see it, think about right now, if you have a three-year-old, they've I never, do. they didn't. <laughs> well, okay, great. So he or her first fun time in the snow was what on Sunday? So yes. that's, I think it's all, it all comes down to emotions. It took me a long time to figure that out. Um, because I grew up actually in, uh, just North of Syracuse, New York in Lake effect land, tug Hill plateau, which a uh, weather geeks will know about is like two to 300 a year of snow depending on which way the wind blows off the lake so we got plenty of it i kind of got sick of it but it also got me fascinated with the weather and how amazing it was but down here it's so rare um that i i think it's really the emotional factor of i want to make really fun memories with my kids in the snow we bought this sled we haven't used it yet it was two years ago so i understand that i i do not understand i think sometimes people watch us like it's a I don't want to say boxing match, but it's certainly some sort of a sporting event, right? Like which which weather map is going to win? Like I see Brad says this, well, okay. Well, BTV says that, like, you know, they, they really do. And they really want to hold us to that. And then they'll kind of like, you know, poke and prod. Um, hey, you changed it. I say you shifted about this. Much. It's like two pixels north that you shifted the one inch line. And then you get poked about it. It's, it's kind of funny, but it is, it is a little exhausting as well, to be honest.
0: Well, where can they watch you uh for the next couple of days moving those pixels around, Tim?
4: Oh, sure, yeah. We're going to be here the whole time. Uh Channel 2 Doug Hawaii in Greensboro. Um you can get us on our website news2.com. We are on Roku, we're on Fire Stick. My bosses would love if
0: I said that. I'm I even I'm happy you said <laughs> that and I'm not your boss. So, good job. Terrific.
4: Well, you can find us there and we'll be happy to give you some. Brittany, Brad, the bar is high
0: when we come to you, uh, but I'm going to go to Jamie. I'm going to go to Jamie next and I'm going to have him plug where people can watch him, but I'm also going to couple it with this question. Uh, and I think we hit on it before, but when you're putting out snow maps, do you get more flack from people when it overperforms or underperforms? I'll let you answer that and then tell people where they
1: can find you. Um, I'll start with the snow maps. Um, definitely uh, underperforms They're you know, take everything that Tim just said and the emotions behind snow magnify at times a thousand, um, here in the grand strand where it's, you know, so incredibly rare. I think, uh, I think we have to go back to 2004 10 ish, maybe for our last uh, good snow here, uh, at the beach. And that was, you know, good snow was uh three inches. So, you know, if I put an inch on a map or a coding to an inch, uh, people expect it to happen and they want to see it and if it's a coating and not an inch uh, they're going to let us know and again uh, like I mentioned when this first started we're still uh, bruised and healing here from the 2018 debacle uh, with the snowstorm uh, that happened or didn't happen uh, at least here at the beach um, as far as where you can keep up with us WMBF news WMBF I know we're uh, Working with the managers and kind of getting a plan together to make sure we have basically everything covered all day Friday, Friday night, uh, and expanding some of our coverage as we head into Saturday morning potentially as well, depending on what happens Friday night into Saturday morning, and depending on uh, what kind of what kind of impacts we have here, uh, we're definitely going to be uh, planning on pretty much round the clock stuff here. Even being down two meteorologists uh, heading into this weekend, we're gonna we're gonna pull through. Yes, you and Andrew, yeah. stay strong. We're going to do it. We're going to hold each other up. And uh, this could be my last storm. I don't know. I always figured it would be a hurricane that I would kill over here uh, in this weather center. Maybe it'll be, you know, a quarter of an inch of sleep that does it.
0: Well, get some rest, drink some coffee, and we appreciate it and your viewers appreciate it as well. Uh, Brad, uh, where can your viewers find you on Roku Pop Quiz? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, Get the WCNC app. I mean, it's great. I actually watch this on Fire Fire TV. That's a great app too. If you're a if you're a streamer, it's a great place to get. Um, but here's the other great thing: download our app, WCNC uh, News app, which is great. I actually use it quite a bit to watch us when I'm away from the station because we stream all our newscasts there, and you can catch Brittany and I. We'll be uh, working a lot on Friday. I'm hoping not too much into Saturday. Saturday looks like it might be a little easier. Um, but Friday will be a busy day, just kind of keeping an eye on this thing and the cold temperatures. I think the one thing I'll leave people with is really, I mean, don't downplay the cold temperatures. This is some of the coldest air we've seen of the season. And uh, while we may not get a ton of snow, it's certainly nothing like last Sunday. I think that the cold air is, is going to be a shock. Remember, there's a lot of vulnerable communities out there who don't have a, a place to stay warm in or are, um, you know, have issues warming their homes. So the, uh, think about those people and you can reach out to them and help them because it'll be a tough weekend with some really cold overnight lows and highs struggling to get out of the 30s many days.
0: Brittany, you have uh, some other things you can plug and tell us how people can watch you this weekend?
7: Well, I think that you have to go to the WCNC Charlotte YouTube channel and subscribe as well as the Weather IQ YouTube channel and subscribe. Scan this our is like a, this page. is like a
0: promotions drinking game. Okay. If we <laughs> yeah. can say WCNC a I few actually, more times, the bosses will be really happy with us.
7: Exactly. And I do also stream us just like Brad does, but on my Roku. So that's always fun. I also have local cable, so I can watch it both ways. Um, but yeah, so you know, I think Brad, you know, hit the nail on the head. Won't be maybe quite as impactful for a few areas, but you know, the cold is nothing to uh not be, you know, concerned. I mean, I think Brad was going up teens Sunday morning. I mean, we haven't seen that in well over a year in Charlotte. So
2: I might have to make snow. So I'm, <laughs> which is the thing he does for the record. <laughs> I, I haven't had a chance and it's cold on the weekend, which is great. So my kids can enjoy it. So I might make snow.
7: Are not you doing it next, next weekend, right? At yeah. Wednesday?
2: Next weekend. Actually, I should plug that. Thanks for reminding me. I'm actually going to be up at blowing rock for Winterfest. Ooh. Um So I'll be making snow on Friday night, Memorial park. In the evening and Saturday morning, so I always—that's a great event. Last year, COVID kind of killed it, um, so this year we're back up there, and I'm excited because looking at the long range, at least temperature-wise, it looks like it'll be plenty cold enough for me to make snow. Because I've had years where I haven't been able to make snow up there in Blowing Rock because it's been too warm. Here's a look at Blowing Rock tonight. Of all,
7: and- blowing Rock Friday, I will be working for him. So tune yes. in WCWC.com.
2: It is a great event. If you've never been up there, it's really fun. They do the Polar Plunge over at Totola there, um, which is a big event. And um, it is it, there, there's all kinds of food. And it's just really cool. It's kind of like our version in the North Carolina mountains of celebrating winter because people do love winter and they love it in the mountains because snow to them is white gold it is great for the tourism industry to get snow in the mountains um and that is a big event it brings a lot of people up there so it's kind of fun we get to celebrate winter and the cool thing it's right for the winter olympics too which will be fun we we'll get to talk about um, getting ready for the winter olympics which will be right here on wcnc coming up at the end of the month <laughs> <laughs> okay how many, many more promos we have that's for our WCNC. <laughs> and we have the super bowl on in the weekend of the uh the olympics so it's going to be a crazy two weeks here
0: (laughs) oh it is going to be a crazy a couple of weeks don't worry uh tim uh ginger here watches you on wfmy so got a little love there for the triad and uh uh, Sandy also talking to Jamie here about Myrtle Beach 2013-2022 when it was last snow in there, I think. So uh, Sandy had another good comment that I wanted to actually close out tonight's show with. And let me get this back up because I think it really drives the point home. Folks get so focused on the amounts, the amounts of snow, the amounts of ice, the amount of whatever, when the hazards will still be there regardless. Anytime... I did interviews, Sandy used to work at the weather service. I always stress, don't focus on the amounts, just prepare and know what to do in different situations. That's right, because whether it's a 10th of an inch in ice or 15 tenths of an inch of in ice, you know, it's, it's ice nonetheless, whether it's one inch of snow, two inches of snow, Three inches of snow, so on and so forth. I will close by plugging the Carolina Weather Group. So many of you have found us just this week, and we welcome you with open arms. We do a show just like this every week, talking about weather science, technology, and more from across the Carolinas. We will have live coverage when snowstorms or severe weather hit. You can find us on YouTube. Watch us any place that you can watch YouTube, including your smartphone or your smart TV. And I know a lot of you have been checking out our Carolina Weather Net, which is our our streaming service that streams around the clock with live weather conditions, sky cams and radars and the best of our show alongside live coverage. And again, you can find that on the Carolina weather group, YouTube. You may even be watching this replaying on the Carolina weather net. So hello to you. And then uh, as we have been doing, we'll be along each night with what we're calling. Let's talk Carolina weather, where we answer your questions and discuss the forecast. And I think, Everything here very soon, guys, is going to be more now casting. So if you haven't already at home, download the MPing app. It's not our app. We're not plugging our app. It's an app that allows all of these TV meteorologists you see on the screen, all of the forecasters at the National Weather Service, and us here at the Carolina Weather Group to know what type of precipitation you are seeing in your backyard. And this is the perfect week to check it out. M-P-I-N-G. It's free, and we want to know in the next couple days whether you're seeing rain sleet snow whatever it is because weather observation stations are great radars are great but the best way to get weather observations is from you in your own backyard so we hope you will download that and then be a part of our expanded now casting scenario it's crowdsourcing the weather i think as we like to say special thanks to jamie and Brittany and brad and tim be sure to check them out if you live in their areas and the carolina weather group panelists as well will be keeping an eye on the storm across our social media platforms with special updates again on youtube and i will also say i swear this is the last plug but if you check out the carolina weather group wherever you get audio podcasts that is a place that we will be putting additional briefings from emergency officials so last weekend when the governors were holding news conferences as Governor Cooper is expected to do tomorrow. In addition to carrying those online, we make a point of putting those out on our audio feed because we know in times where you might have limited access to power or limited access to the internet, just being able to stream a little bit of audio is so much easier than say streaming video. So that's why we will lean on that platform in in times of need in order to get that information out. So special thanks to everyone again who joined us. I'm James Brierton in Charlotte. Don't panic, be prepared. It's winter after all. We'll see you back here again next time for more from the Carolina Weather Group.